Welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. Today, we're going to be talking about Husky's move to predictive service. I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, Tony Black, uh, who is um, currently the president uh, of service at Husky Injection Molding Systems. Tony, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Sarah. It's, uh, it's great to be back. There's, there's a lot to talk about. I'm really uh, looking forward to a good discussion today. Excellent. Uh, so for those of you that um, haven't followed along since the beginning, um, I know we are uh, quickly approaching um, 200 episodes of the podcast, but Tony was actually uh, my very first podcast guest. So episode number one, which makes it very easy to remember. Um, and at the time, uh, Tony was with, with Otis Elevator um, and has, has taken on um, uh, a new role since, and I'm sure been up to a whole lot. So, so Tony, before we, we dig into the predictive service uh, topic, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been up to the last couple of years. Yeah, sure. Um, so after a, a long career at the Otis Elevator Company and, and a successful transformation of their service business, that's what we talked about the first time, uh, I decided to join another really great company and also a leader in their industry, Husky Technologies. And like Otis, Husky has truly enabled the industry through technology and innovation. And it's really part of the DNA, you know, of, of the company. <clears throat> um, so I joined here as the president of the service business. And what I found was we already a really good service business with talent uh, founded on, you know, high responsiveness, really strong global infrastructure of technicians and service centers, probably the best in the industry um, and really close to our, our global customer base. But the real opportunity was to transform our service business with more predictive and proactive solutions and really all centered around delivering on our commitments to our customers. And, and not only delivering on those commitments, but then maintaining those commitments through the life cycle of our product. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I've been up to the last few years. I'm really uh, enjoying it and uh, looking forward to talk to you more about it. Good, good. Um, yeah, so so moving to a more predictive uh, model. So so we're going to talk a bit about that. Before we do, though, um, can you talk a bit about the drivers for the move to predictive? So, you know, what are the the customer needs that you're witnessing? Um, what are sort of the expectations on service that are prompting Husky to? you know, um, evolve into a more predictive approach? Yeah, I think, um, let, let me just tell you a little bit about, you know, our customers and how they operate and some of the dynamics that are happening. Um, our customers operate their facilities 24 seven for the most part, um, and they're producing very high volumes. Um, we're talking in the millions per day or, or billions per year. So any performance erosion or unplanned downtime is, is really unacceptable. It just can't, mm -hmm. can't have it. Um, so you kind of couple that need with um, you know, complex technology. There, there's material changes happening in our industry. Um, there's new customers coming into the industry. And then there's, then there's a skilled talent shortage as well. So. Mm -hmm. 
you put all that together and our customers has really, have really come to us and said, you know, we really need your help to help us maintain, you know, our, our performance with all these, these dynamics happening, but, but, but uh, please do it in a proactive way. Um, you know, we can't afford to, um, to do it the old way. Mm-hmm. All right. So the predictive service offering at Husky is called Advantage Plus Elite. So tell us, you know, some of the details about what the offering is, how it works, and how this kind of changes the way that you, you know, interact with with your customers and provide levels of service. Sure. Um, so Advantage Plus Elite, and we we um, we call you. So we we actually the kind of the a lot of a lot of our customers just call it we call you because that's what we do. Um, and, and I'll explain how it, you know, how we actually do that, but it is, it's a connected solution. It, it's powered mm-hmm. by, you know, the technology I described, it, we, we call that NSM and NSM is the analytics and the tools inside and developed by a full, full-time team of SMEs here at, at Husky. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. they, they've identified, you know, through their experience, the key variables to monitor, the tools to use to detect trends and the dashboards to monitor and then proactively see the potential is- issues, but, but also do this at scale. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have now, and we, we launched this officially um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. Um, since then, we've stood up monitoring centers in Bolt- here in Bolton, Canada, in Luxembourg, in Shanghai, Mexico, Japan, <clears throat> and Brazil. Um, they're all staffed with monitor, monitoring center specialists. Mm-hmm. And when, when those specialists using the dashboards and the tools detect a, a trend or a problem, potential problem, they issue a we call you to the, to the plant and they issue it in local language. And, and this is all done 24 seven. Um, mm-hmm. And that that we call you, it, it explains the issue, and then then the solution is also explained. But it, it comes in the ultimate solution comes in the form of either we give the customer enough information where they can they can resolve it themselves. That would be mm-hmm. one use case. The second is we we actually are connected and we resolve it remotely. And then the third mm-hmm. is we, we send in an informed technician and sometimes even send the part uh, in advance as well. Um, in all of these cases, we then monitor the solution and verify you know, that we've really found the root cause. Um, so our customers you know, really see the value in this. Um, you know, in just one year now, we, we have over 200 service contracts across, across 20 countries. We've issued well over 2000 we call use and Mm -hmm. you know the value there is a lot of value in those we call use we we estimate you know directionally about for every we call you about ten thousand dollars of cost avoidance or of lost production capacity Mm -hmm. Um, now now we balance we balance the technology with with husky people people power Um, each contract has a dedicated program manager. And that program manager facilitates a weekly and a monthly 30 minute stand-up meeting with the plant to go over the prior weeks we call use, 
they use a standard weekly performance report showing the, the trend of unplanned downtime, OEE, energy usage, and so on. Mm -hmm. and, and again, these things are critical because of the, 20, the nature of the, the way they operate. Um, mm -hmm. So with that, that weekly, that weekly meeting, it's actually a weekly and a monthly uh, combined with the technology, you know, our customers are truly, uh, they're, they're hardwired into the Husky knowledge base, if you will, hardwired into mm -hmm. our SME base 24 seven. And, mm -hmm. you know, that is just th th that combined with the technology is really uh, proven to be powerful. And, you know, our customers see a lot of value in it. Yeah. Okay. Just a couple points to clarify. Um, what does NSM stand for? It's new service model. Okay. Um, and then second question is, so it's called We Call You, it, but is it just a call or is it a, you know, video interaction? Is it a augmented reality interaction? Like what is the format of communication in that initial outreach? So the initial communication with the we call you is in the form of an email or it, it can be it, okay. it can be different medias to get it out, but it's in that form. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of a standard format that we use that uh, mm -hmm. is pretty concise. Um, but then, the, you know, the follow up work can be, you know, a, an augmented reality call. It can be. Um, you know, a, a connection to their their system where we're actually troubleshooting and solving the problem mm -hmm. remotely. But the initial we call you is a very, um, it's really a one page communication explaining the problem, uh, showing the problem actually with, with the trends that we see and then the mm -hmm. probable root causes of the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you mentioned that for every we call you, you've noticed a on average, a $10,000 cost reduction. So is that's a $10,000 cost reduction for the customer or for Husky? For, for the customer, it's, a, it's really a cost okay. avoidance. Um, so for mm -hmm. example, if a customer is, um, is use, if, if the system for some reason is using ex excessive energy, uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's, there's a problem and we, we detect that early, um, you know, that that's a cost avoidance of energy cost, or if the, the system is using too much material to produce the, the solution, you know, by the time, j just the, the, the volume, it, it really adds up quick. So that's a, a significant cost avoidance. Or if mm -hmm. we, if we prevent a shutdown, an unplanned shutdown, again, with those volumes and our customers, even more so today are really at capacity. Um, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they can't make their, their volume and they can't sell the product that they need to sell. So they've lost that, that, that revenue, if you will, that they would be getting. So it's really, it's really right. benefit, really significantly beneficial for our customers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the program managers. Okay. So, um, I like your point around the balance between technology and people, right? I think this is is something that we see um, people trying to land on, you know, what's the right mix, right? So 
you know, uh, I was at a conference at the end of, of April and, and there was um, someone on a panel there that, that was very honest in saying, you know, we went way too far into automation and AI and saw our customer satisfaction scores decrease because they were missing that human connection, right? So we know that both are important. It's important to use the technology to work smarter um, and, and have these more sophisticated capabilities, but it's also important to customers to, to still have that human connection. So I think it's, you know, really fantastic that you are aware of that. And, and from the very beginning, you know, Husky is working to align those things really well. Um, so the program manager though, um, did they exist before this program or is that something that is, is new and intended to sort of build that balance between people and technology? Yeah, it's a new role, Sarah. Actually, you okay. know, just I'm thinking about thinking about your your um, what you were saying. So, there's really I would say three new roles in this um, you know this this solution. There's there's the program mm -hmm. manager. There's the the monitoring center specialist, um, and then we have connected connectivity specialists who are are not centrally. Actually, the program managers are. Are, we try to have the program managers able to speak the the local language, so they're they're for the most they're they're, they're around and um, located in different countries. Um, mm -hmm. Some some are in the cent centralized, but can speak the local language. Um, mm -hmm. The we do have the critical you know centers for the monitoring centers with the the monitoring center uh, specialists, and then we have connectivity specialists who are also located closer to our customers. Who can help get our customers connected that initial connection uh, and get the contracts up and running so um mm -hmm. but the program manager is a, you know back to your question um it's a new role actually it's it's uh it's really nice to see because it's creating uh new opportunities for employees inside husky we have a really mm -hmm. strong group of program managers a, a complete cross-section of people with different backgrounds all have good program mm -hmm. management skills, but um, a real high energy group, um, good with customers, but also understand how to work with the SMEs. They're really, um, you know, if a customer, if there's a problem and through our initial monitoring center specialist, we can't get to the root of it, then we, we tap into the, the Husky SME base and, mm -hmm. uh, and they know how to get that done. So again, that weekly meeting, uh, uh, it's part of the people factor. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that weekly, our customers love that weekly meeting because they, they get to, they, it's, it's, it's efficient, you know, it's 30 minutes max um, because mm -hmm. you know, they don't have the time for meetings. So 30 minute max, but if they, they, they kind of see what's happened in the last week, we give them suggestions on ways to continue to improve. And if there's an issue or a question, you know, they get it answered, you know, right in that meeting. So that is a, um, I was, I was concerned, could we scale that? Um, mm -hmm. but, but we, you know, with the tools that our NSM technology team is building and with the standardization mm -hmm. where um, we are, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're scaling it as we, that NSM is, is actually developing modules of technology. We're on module six now. 
as they, mm -hmm. so those modules include analytics, but also tools to help allow us to scale. And so mm -hmm. as we develop more, release more of this, these modules, um, we can, we can even do it more efficiently. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting because, and this is, I want to give you the context so you don't think I'm trying to get you to answer like a question that, that gets layered, right? But the reason I think this is so interesting is because when we start talking about the te technological capabilities that allow a lot of, of what you're doing, um, you know, remote diagno diagnosis, remote resolution, um, customer remote resolution, et cetera, right? You ultimately get to a point where you are talking about less on-site work, okay? And so there's a couple things that, now I think this is all very positive, but there's a couple topics here that start to make companies uncomfortable because it just requires change. One is the business model shift, right? So if you've always billed customers for on-site time, then how do you evolve towards something different? That's one. The second is you start to get into, you know, technicians fearing that their jobs are going away, right? And I always say like, there aren't enough technicians. No one can hire enough technicians right now. We don't need to worry about people being out of jobs. It just changes the way the work is done. It doesn't, it's not going away. It's just shifting, right? And so I just wrote an article, I think, um, a couple of weeks ago about one of the, the opinions I have is that, you know, we obviously need to, to let go of some of the, well, this is how we've always done it, right? Because that's what keeps people held on these, these challenges, okay? So we have to kind of let that go. I think there could be a lot of value in segmenting service and, and even technician work, right? And so to me, it sounds somewhat like this is where you're going, which is, you know, let's say over time as this solution scales, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not putting words in your mouth, I'm just thinking out loud. Let's say over time, you do have significantly less on-site work, okay? But you at the same time are increasing this program manager work. These customers want to not only have the relationship, but as you mentioned, that's very, very important, the knowledge, right? So it becomes less a transactional, we come to you, we fix X, and more a partnership of, yes, if, if something needs fixed on your site, we'll be there, but we're providing you all of this value in the form of information and uptime. And they want, to your point, a human being to have that relationship with. So you have program managers. And then you know, technicians, hypothetically, if they didn't want to be that people person, some will, some won't, they could be, um, you know, the connectivity specialist or the, the remote uh, specialist that you mentioned, you know, so there's, I just think it's such an important conversation to start looking at how companies are, are tackling those two big roadblocks everybody puts up, well, we can't do that because X, right? Well, you can, and ultimately you're going to have to, right? This is the future of service. It, the future of service is not field service, it's service. And we need to look at it more holistically in terms of what's the overall customer experience, right? So I just think this is a really fantastic and really important conversation to think about 
if the on-site work decreases, that's fine because these new roles are being created that allows you to, you know, take that same talent and give them different futures within the business. So that was a lot of words, but what are your thoughts? No, no, I, I think you're, you're, um, you're spot on with that. The, I mean, I guess just a couple of things that for, for sure, you know, the, I think there's, there's, a, it's a fallacy if you think, you know, you can just kind of have this magical AI and bots and, um, you know, auto automation, auto, auto emails. And that's just, that is success. There is going to be super limited. It's not going to work. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. So the other thing I would say is, like you said, the, there is always going to be a requirement for te- a tech base close to our customers. I, I mean, you know, period that, that is the reality right now. Uh, and so um, what, like what the type of techs um, and the, the, you know, the type of techs and the number of super techs you need, you know, the, the mix is going to change. Um, mm-hmm. but the, that will always be re- needed. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating more informed technicians. So, um, mm-hmm. and that, that, and techs like that, you know, they like, they, they like having that information. And so, so that, that's one thing I would say, Sarah, the other thing I would, I would add in again, and we're seeing it like real time playing out these new roles, we, you know, they're, they're being filled by technicians, um, not yeah. just technicians, others as well, but, you know, there's a good mix of technicians who are really interested in doing this and they like it mm-hmm. and they're enjoying it and, you know, they're growing. Um, so that, that, you know, that it's, it's, it, and, and this is really growing. So it's creating these nice jobs for, for our techs mm-hmm. and, and others in, in Husky. Um, but again, we still need technicians. So those that want to stay out in the field, um, yeah. they're, they're, we, we need them as well. Um, yeah, I just always want to put everyone at ease. It's like, okay, on the, the technician thing, there's ample opportunity. Okay. Like there's ample opportunity for onsite work for, you know, whether you call them program managers or customer success or, and not just that, to your point, you know, you, you mentioned three new roles that have come up as a, as a part of this program. So I always just want to disarm everyone of, you know, no one's taking jobs from anyone, you know, in, in almost every conversation I have, there is more customer facing work to do than there are people to do it. So no one needs to be concerned that anyone's going to be out of a job, right? It's just a matter of being open-minded about what it could look like in the future instead of being tied to what it has looked like historically, right? And then, you know, on the business model part of it, I always say that, you know, if you feel you can't sell a new business model to your customer base, you're not, you haven't defined what the value is to them. You're thinking about what the value is to your business because if you if you can do it right, it benefits everyone, right? And I think knowledge is such an important word that you brought up, right? Because it isn't just about delivering the service Husky's always delivered, but in a different way. It's about delivering more than what you've delivered based on the information you're gathering with analytics, right? So it's, you know, it, it just seems like that's, 
you know, you really are on to the, the concept, which is you're becoming, you know, uh, a knowledge partner. You know, you're not just having a weekly check-in and saying, okay, well, we identified three issues. They were fixed before they became a problem. So happy days. You're also saying, oh, and we noticed this. Oh, and the data shows us this. And oh, have you considered this? That's where the, you know, the the big term everyone's working toward is trusted advisor. That's where that comes from, right? It, it's about thinking about not just what service can we provide, but what knowledge, what insights, what value can we share with our, our customers about their business? So. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, that. Um, <clears throat> so the, the, it's truly a partnership when we, when we start mm -hmm. the, uh, the, when we kick off the first, that first kickoff, we, we have the customer names, a, a champion um, that is the champion of this solution <clears throat> there, mm -hmm. you know, they work in the factory, but those weekly meetings uh, it is, it is like a, a lot of times it's, it's almost like a just in time training session, actually very effective, more effective than any training mm -hmm. I've ever seen, because it's really kind of point of, of need um, and, mm -hmm. and very effective. And, and again, yeah, it's about the customer having access to the Husky genius, if you will, and mm -hmm. the SME base. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. And that's why, again, we, it's a, as I say, it's a partnership um, we, we do, um, tailor the solution a little differently for a new customer versus a, an existing customer who's more experienced. As I said, we have, we mm -hmm. do have new customers in some new markets. And in those cases, we do provide, um, more training. Uh, we provide even, even in addition to the the analytics, we provide a tool, you know toolkits, spare part kits mm -hmm. to get those new customers kind of end to end covered, uh, along with mm -hmm. the, you know the commitment maintained portion. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now, Tony, how would you say that that this and and Husky's you know vision for the future aligns with uh, Industry 4.0? So it's fully aligned. It's but but I but I what I like to explain is it's really beyond in industry 4.0. You know, a lot of <clears throat> what what I've seen in 4.0 in, in a factory setting is about predictive around hardware. You know, uh, bearing mm -hmm. life or a pump life or a motor life. The Advantage Plus Elite solution does that, um, but the way I like to explain this is we, we talk about, uh, we look at it like a pyramid, uh, a pyramid. And if you think about the top of the pyramid, it's the, the product that we're making for the customer, our, our machine is making for the customer and the master mm -hmm. process on how that product is made. If you go down to the bottom of the pyramid, it, it's the hardware, you know, those bearings and pumps and motors, it's the hardware that makes up our system. And then if you go up higher in the pyramid, then we, we have subsystems for, for our system. And then you go up higher and you have controls and, um, and drives and, and tuning. <clears throat> and then eventually, you know, at the top is, is actually the, the product that we're, we're making with the master process. That's mm -hmm. the pyramid. 
And then outside of the pyramid, there's a lot of external factors. There's things like shift changes that are happening or temperature mm -hmm. or, um, you know, elevation uh, pressures, all these environmental factors that are happening. The, the, the way we, the NSM technology is built around really looking at the entire pyramid from the bottom to the top, uh, as well as the environmental factors. Um, so I don't know if it's, I don't know how clear that explanation was, but um, that's why I think it really is unique, this solution um, mm -hmm. and really industry leading because it is, it's not just focused on the hardware, which is important, um, but there's a lot more that needs to be um, kind of um, monitored in a, in a proactive way. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think there's a lot more discussion today around ecosystems and, you know, not only thinking about, you know, if you manufacture a certain thing, okay, like not only thinking about that thing, but thinking about the world in which it operates, right? And sometimes, again, that can be scary because it can be more work right? To, to take into consideration anything outside of your own pyramid. But ultimately, that's where a lot of the, the um, increase in value comes from, because your customers have to think about everything outside of the pyramid. So if you're not thinking about those things, and they are, you can only provide a certain level of value. If you share that thinking with them, and can figure out how to help them with some of those um, external factors or, or what have you through insight, knowledge, et cetera, then you can significantly increase the potential of your own value proposition, right? And it goes back to this, you know, holding tight to the legacy of the business. I mean, that's really what we all have to move beyond because, you know, the companies that are doing that intentionally or circumstantially are falling behind, you know, the companies that are willing to not stick to the way it's always been or the good old days or, you know, uh, the, the past successes. So, um, yeah. So Tony, you know, it, it's really interesting to hear, um, the, the journey Huskies on. And, and I think, you know, there's a few points you, you have brought up that I think just hit the nail on the head, you know, in terms of, of what it takes to, um, to get this right. I, I'm curious if you had to share a piece of advice with listeners that have the goal of going down the, the predictive service path and, um, and doing it the right way, what would you, what would you tell them? Uh, so I'll try to keep it really practical um, and pragmatic. That's usually the way I like to, uh, I like to hear things that way. It, um, so we talked a lot about the technology and the people. I think, you know, I, I cannot, I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, that is just, it, it's so important and, and it is important to, you know, it is a change. So it's important to have those discussions with your organization and with your technicians to make sure that they understand that actually we're going to create job opportunities for them, career opportunities. We're going to give them new tools and, and allow, because, you know, our technicians, you know, they want, they, they, more than anything, they, they want to deliver on the promise to our customers. So if we can help them mm -hmm. do that, 
you know, they're happy and they're, they're motivated and engaged. So I just critical to balance that from internally and mm-hmm. externally. This, the second thing is the, you know, I talked about the NSM. Um, so my advice there is to do that is to, you know, use, create an internal and fully dedicated advanced technology team to build mm-hmm. those analytics and the tools that I talked about. Do it with mm-hmm. your, your own SME knowledge. <clears throat> it'll be much more efficient. It'll move faster. It'll be much more impactful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. use Microsoft for your cloud. Use, you know, edge, edge uh, exp- companies who are experts in edge technology for your, your edge device. You don't need to go develop that. But um, my advice, again, is... is um, Use your own dedicated, and it has to be a dedicated team of really strong SMEs. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we have, and they really, you know, it's 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 instrumental, and it's been instrumental, and in, in again coming up with with insights that really are impactful. And then the the, the third thing is is really about just a lot of focus. Um, it's really um, as you kind of go down this path, it's really easy to start thinking about a lot of things that you want to do um, and mm-hmm. can do. And, and what can happen is you just, you just, you know, really don't, you just kind of get paralyzed and you don't really get anything done really well. So mm-hmm. um, my, my advice here very specifically is, you know, just focus on several key insights. Just one good insight can provide enormous value for our customers and it builds you, it builds a platform to, to expand on. Um, so don't, don't worry about having, you know, 50 great insights, um, you know, have, have one, have one and start mm-hmm. and customers will see, fa- see value. And then, you know, keep, it's, it's a, it's a journey, right? It's a continuous journey. And you keep, as I talked about, we call it modules, but we keep innovating and adding insights as we go and as we learn. Uh, but we didn't wait. We, we started with that. As soon as we had, you know, a base, mm-hmm. we started. So I would say those, those are the three, three things I would, I would recommend uh, to someone. Okay. All right. And last question for today is um, when you think of the journey that, that Husky is on uh, with this, um, I know part of the, the next steps are to continue to scale. What else do you think uh, will come next? If you sort of envision what the future looks like, what comes to mind? Well, I, when I look at our business, um, <clears throat> the you know we have to apply this this proactive and predictive kind of mentality and approach across the whole business. Um, mm-hmm. A big part of our business, and and you know I think every service business is is uh, spare parts. And spare parts are truly the, the lifeblood of, of service. Um, so what we've, we've also been working on is kind of applying this, this, this approach where um, we've developed analytics to help our customers understand what they need to stock. Um, mm-hmm. We developed online digital kind of tool, um, tools recommending value solutions to our customers when they they search for a part. Uh, we've developed proactive maintenance kits, and you know we're working on really even enhancing our service centers to make sure we can have parts uh, next day anywhere in the world. So, 
spare parts, but applying the, the proactive and predictive mindset and tools around that is it's, you know, we're, we're all over that right now as well. Mm-hmm. We're also, you know, we have a, we have a very significant install base that, you know, is, is um, ranges in age. And so mm-hmm. there's an obsolescence challenge um, with that. So, you know, we're, we're building up, we, we've built up our, a strong kind of modernization upgrade engineering organization to, mm-hmm. to help our customers, uh, again, maintaining that commitment through, through modernization and, and upgrade packages. So those are a few of the things that, you know, we're working on in parallel with, with the mm-hmm. Advantage Plus Elite uh, solution. Okay. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses. I think, uh, um, you know, it, I'm thankful that you came and, and shared your, your perspective and the journey thus far. Um, you know, uh, there's some, some really important points that, that you've made that, uh, you know, I'm glad that, that you have already taken into consideration. It'll make Husky's journey um, a bit better. And, and for those listening, hopefully it's some good food for thought. So thanks for coming back, Tony. It was a pleasure to have you again. Yeah, it was great to be back. Thank you. Yeah. You can find more by visiting us at futureoffieldservice.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn as well as Twitter at the Future of FS. The Future of Field Service podcast is published in partnership with IFS. You can learn more at ifs.com. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>